and welcome to this podcast. I am Beverly Clark, the Computing at School National Community Manager. And in this Cows Inspire story, we will be shining a light on an inspiring educator, Kojo Hazel, in which I'm going to ask Kojo to share what has led him to his career in education, his hopes for the profession, successes, challenges faced, and how they have been overcome, along with tips for new entrants to the profession and how to encourage a diverse and inclusive learning environment. I hope you enjoy listening and consider joining the Computing at School community afterward. So, Kojo, welcome. Thank you, Beverly, and um, it's a real pleasure to be here with you. Um, talking everything computing. Thank you so much. So, Kojo is a physical education teacher, a Microsoft innovative educator expert, so that's an MIE, I believe. Yeah, that's right. And a BAME Fellow for Microsoft Education UK, a recently appointed BAME Fellow, I believe also the first in the country. Kojo is also head of vocational education at his school, a dedicated basketball coach, personal trainer, He's also the co-owner of Tribal Basketball, co-owner of Team Active Limited, and most recently, co-owner of the Biz IT, a, a high achiever. So Kojo's passions are always geared towards coaching and educating the next generation, using technology, entrepreneurship, and generally helping people in whatever way he can. Kojo, please share with us what being a BAME Fellow for Microsoft Education UK is all about. Well, well certainly, um, and thank you. After you reading that uh, introduction, it makes you sound like an extremely busy person. But, um, <laughs> yes, the, the BAME Fellowship. Um, so we, I'm part of this Microsoft Innovative Educator Experts Program, um, which there's you know, over a 1,000 educators in the UK um, who are part of this community. And it's a, a real great community to, to network and learn more about um, ways to improve your approaches to the classroom with using technology. Um, so we've got, a, we're set up in regions and um, we have a Welsh region, we have a Scottish region, the Southwest, Southeast. Um, so there will be a fellow representing each region or a couple of fellows representing each region. And my sort of role as the BAME fellow came about, I guess, as we went into lockdown and we had all the sort of Black Lives Matter movement and um, things that came from about that, we've Microsoft themselves, especially from an education standpoint, have really shown an interest in how they can diversify the sort of education sector in in the UK. So through discussions over you know, throughout last year and uh, things I've been lucky to be involved with, I was fortunate to be the suggestion was made that maybe we should create a, a BAME fellow in the then Microsoft educator community. And I guess I was in the right place at the right time and enjoying speaking to the right people. Um, someone suggested, hey, Koja, why don't you become our first ever BAME fellow? And you can then sort of promote um, this sort of diversity and inclusion um, that we're looking for as, you know, from a Microsoft standpoint, because we have such a big community, such a great reach. Um, we can you can meet we can reach lots of people and we can have our voices heard. We can find out best practices, find out what people's struggles are. And the main important thing to me is is, is networking and bringing people together so people can have an idea of you know the support and the, the practices that are already out there. So yes, it was, it was announced a couple of weeks ago um, on a big connection call, and it was, it was I mean, I'm really humbled, you know, and just. Um, it's an exciting role. I'm really looking forward to pushing it forward the rest of this year. 
Thank you, Coach. Very, very well done. Um, so please accept my congratulations on that. And I look forward to hearing and seeing what diversifying the education sector looks like and all the work, that, the great work I'm sure you're going to do with Microsoft. So Kojo, share with us, how long have you worked in education and really what led you to a career in education? Okay, so I'm in my 15th year of teaching now. I think I've been a teacher for yeah, 15 years. Um, I did my PGCE in Cardiff Met University. Um, so I grew up in Cardiff, did, did my degree, and then went on to do my PGCE here in the same city. Once I finished that, I moved, actually fancied a change. So I'd been in Cardiff all my life, and I really wanted to see, you know, what's out, what else is out there. And funnily enough, a job came up, and I was actually contacted directly. They said someone was looking for a, a PE teacher with basketball specialism. I said, okay, yeah, that, that sounds like me. Um, I'll go for the interview. That And this interview was in Chelmsford. And a little funny story, I, I actually, at the time, hadn't really been out of college much. And I thought Chelmsford was Cheltenham. So I was expecting to, to, to be driving down the way in an So on my way to this interview, I'm thinking, three hours. That's one way, isn't it? So I actually ended up in Essex, you know, first time. Um, I arrived at the school and it was my, I was the only one on the interview. So if I hadn't have got the job, I would have been pretty disappointed. Um, <laughs> So they offered me the job at the end of the, you know, the interview of the day, and I said, yeah, I'll take it. I didn't really consider I'm going to have to move, you know, four hours away from home and completely change my life. But I thought, let's just go for it, you know, bite the bullet. And so I spent, I ended up spending seven years in um, Chelmsford in the end. Um, really enjoyable time. Uh, loved my experience. I, you know, so I started my family there. I had my two children uh, when we were there. And, and then we came back to Wales. Uh, after seven years, mainly because of the difficulties of bringing up two children with no no help around, so we thought we'd come back to Wales. And, and I've been teaching in the school called Triorki for the past seven years, which has been excellent. And uh, people always ask the question, you know, what makes you become a teacher? And <laughs> it's very hard to pinpoint it. I think for me personally, well, before I was a teacher, I would, I was involved in a lot of coaching of children, basketball-wise. I kind of always had that, even when I was in school, the sort of natural ability to, I guess, connect with um, you know, younger people, be a, be a sort of a role model. So I did a lot of coaching. Um, at the time, I was working in uh, the Hilton Hotel in Cardiff, just before I started my PDC. And, uh, you know, I, I, I was a concierge at the hotel, so I was getting to meet lots of people and, you know, park their cars and just basically be the go-to guy at the hotel. And I really loved that sort of interaction with people. So someone suggested to me, oh, you should be, perhaps be a teacher if you, like, if you like doing this sort of thing. And then I applied for the PUC and that's how it all started. I just really looked look back, you know, it just, it's not something I wanted to do when I was growing up. I never thought I'd be a teacher, but um, I guess here I am in a job that I think is, is perfectly suits me. Thank you so much for sharing that funny story with us, first of all, the difference between Cheltenham and Chelmsford. Uh, there's, there's a lot of lessons to be learned out of that. And, uh, and we're, of course, uh, you know, you, you're a great teacher. You've, you've made a success of t a teaching career. Um, you are also really interested in tech. So a PE teacher, but you've got the tech angle, very, very big into technology. And, of course, you're a Microsoft innovative educator expert. So share with us um, and the audience how you combine technology and physical education and your general interest in tech. 
Yeah, certainly. I've always had an interest in technology. I think ever since I was in school, you know, there wasn't a great deal of technology about. Uh, I can think back to primary school. You know, we had like a BBC computer in the classroom and playing games like Dinosaur Discovery and Chuck the Egg. And I was always interested in those sort of things. I always played computer games outside the classroom. I just love, you know, technology in general. And I'm guessing when I started teaching, the first thing that really opened my eyes to the power of technology was um, I was at my school in Essex and the first time we had to do school reports uh, for the children, um, they were writing them on paper. And I was like, so I did the first round of reports and it took me ages. You know, I'm being a PT teacher, I don't want to write stuff down. You know, I wanted to spend a lot of time writing paper on paper and I thought it must be a way to do this. So that's what kind of inspired me. I went to speak to um, a gentleman in, in the IT department and said, can we set something up here where the reports are done by a computer? So we designed a, a sort of an Excel spreadsheet and then that, that spreadsheet kind of became the school's way at the time of yeah. doing reports and the amount of time that we saved and everyone was just like, this is amazing, um, you know, this is the best thing since sliced bread and that sort of sparked my enthusiasm for technology. And the next, the next thing that happened, we, I used to run the school sports day, a huge event that used to involve everybody in the school and gathering the data for that for that actual event was um, quite tricky. Again, it used to be on paper, but then I went back to the same individual and I asked him to teach me, right, how can I collect everything I want to do on Excel and make it work seamlessly? And you know, the, the final spreadsheet was, again, something that was not perfect, really. It just, saved, it just saved so much time. It was so quick, so visual, and everyone, even the people who were competing in the events could see what they were doing. And the little things like that along the way just thought, oh my God, technology is a, is a, is a, big, is a big winner here for me in terms of time-saving. Um, efficiency and I don't like to say that I'm lazy is completely the wrong word it's more I'd like to be do everything as fast as I can basically to be as efficient as possible and I think what I've learned throughout my teaching career is that technology has always helped me do that so whether I'm doesn't matter what sort of a teacher you are what sort of subject you're delivering I think the technology can have a, a massive positive impact on what, what is normally one of the biggest bugbears of a teacher is, is their sort of time management and um, you know saving time in certain places. So right from the beginning of my teaching career up until now where it's completely embedded into my day-to-day -day life, um, I've always had an interest and always sought out and looked for ways to innovate my teaching or streamline my day with the use of technology. And fortunately, um, as years have progressed, that has become more and more and more available. You can you can you can speak to more people about it. You can get more examples, and you can you can really go off on your own tangent. And the, the sort of possibilities are endless, limitless. Um, so I think it doesn't matter what subject you're teaching. Um, you can embed technology in absolutely everything. Uh, absolutely, it does. I'm, I'm a great believer in tech for real life. So the examples that you've shared with us around making report writing an easier process, yeah. you know, streamlining sports day with technology, you know, soft using software to make that process more effective. Uh, real life examples, tech benefiting people, so tech for good. And so I, I like those three words you use, time, uh, saving, and efficiency, those are three words, and you know, I'll remember those in, when I'm speaking also. Um, yeah, I really like you. Sorry, Betty, I must say one thing. I, I, I really like, you know, now that I kind of honed my way of delivery and using technology, 
I, if I'm going to use technology, you have to do three things. I, I kind of kind of use the three E's for me. So ease, okay, is it easy to use? Is it easy to pass on? Is it easy for my pupils to understand? Is it easier for me to carry out, basically? And then I've got efficiency, again, what we talked about, time saving. Um, it needs to be efficient, um, not only for myself, but if I'm going to pass on to somebody else, they need to be able to see it as efficient. And also the students need to be able to find it efficient as well. And the last one is engaging. Is what I'm going to create going to be engaging for the people? So what I try to I tend to find is if you are if you combine those three, you've got a little successful model. So that's what I try to uh, I try to work by these days. Excellent. I, I, I'm inspired by what you're talking about. So share with us how you've incorporated tech into PE lessons and how you inspire your students to combine tech and PE. So that student that's really, really focused and say athletics or swimming or, yeah. you know, another sport, how can we encourage students, um, you know, to also get involved with tech and merge the two? Yeah, so this, um, certainly of late, there's so many apps now that you can, you can utilize. There have been, there were many apps in the past, uh, but there were, there are ones coming out, you know, now like things like Flipgrid, um, Wakelet, we're using a lot of. So, for example, if a pupil wants to film a performance, um, Flipgrid is, a tool, is, a, is an amazing tool that we use a lot in our school where we can set, a, set an assignment, uh, set a challenge, um, they can go away, they can film themselves using their, their mobile phones, which is handy because they all have them. And they can send in their, their finished product for us to evaluate. Now, in the past, this sort of would have been get your camera, organize the time to meet the pupil, film the, the footage. Then you've got the problem of where do I put the footage? <laughs> um, but, you know, it just, it's just it, the things have moved forward so fast. Um, and everyone can access these things. You know, every, every pupil now has a, you know, pretty much has a mobile phone. Um, so, although we don't actually use them in school, uh, we, we, we make use of them uh, whilst they're, they're, you know, they're not at school, they can access them at home. So we can set tasks that can be done in their own time. So they, you know, they, they're doing their own learning in their own time, and it's not necessarily always teacher-led. So with the use of technology, like, like these apps like Flipgrid and Wakelet, you know, learning never stops. It doesn't have to be just in the classroom. Um, another way in P, what we've done, um, OneNote has been another game changer for me, um, certainly in terms of pupils being able to keep their work organized. You know, we set up their class notebooks, um, we have all the files, whereas in the past we would have perhaps handed out paper booklets, which you would never see again. And you know, now we can set up these booklets online for the people's access any time. We can see these working in real time. Work never gets lost and we can give feedback at any point via many methods, such as you can give audio feedback, video feedback, or written feedback, which is, you know, just invaluable. You can really tailor it to the individual pupil. Um, again, that goes back to what I was saying about being engaging. You know, you, you can engage the pupil so much more by using these technologies. I've had, I've also been a mentor to many teachers over the years, um, and we've used technology in our sort of mental program where we, we've used these videos like Flipgrid and, and OneNote put together. So let's say a lesson they're delivering. In the past, I would have sat, sat in the lesson and be taking notes, you know, s s rushing down notes as the people that the teacher is teaching, feeding that back to the teacher after the lesson. But now we've got, we've got the ability to record the lesson, upload it, 
um, you know, onto a platform, say OneNote, for example, um, and then we can ask the teacher to have a look himself at his own performance. Um, he would then be able to critique himself, and then we would meet after that and discuss his thoughts, my thoughts, and it gives a much more rounded, you know, feedback process. Um, we actually had a, um, a kind of an it was an ins a type of inspection at the, at the school, and they were looking at how we provide feedback to um, the university students. And this was highlighted as an area of you know really best practice, um, outstanding practice of being able to go through that process of recording, um, uploading them, being able to critique themselves, and then just having the conversation at the end to come up with a sort of a, a plan of going forward. And obviously, you've got the ability to share that then with external. You know, the, the university tutors in you know in real time as well, rather than having to arrange a meeting or send a posted document to you know by a post. You know, so it's just it, it, there's there's so many. I, I couldn't even. It's very hard for me to remember everything. Uh, I, I think you for the whole time. I think you're doing extremely well there, Kojo, and I could sit here and listen to you all day. Um, one of the things that you've mentioned, um, you know, alongside being a brain fellow, is a passion for uh, encouraging a diverse and inclusive classroom. So yeah. could you share with us a couple of ways in which you encourage a diverse and inclusive PE classroom alongside incorporating tech? I think you've touched on some of it, but is there anything you can develop there for us? Yeah, so this um, wouldn't necessarily just be based around PE, because I am teaching, you know, a little bit of computer science, I am teaching a little bit of uh, vocational subjects, so I have, I have the opportunity to, you know, really have a, a sort of uh, impact on this, you know, diversity and inclusion you're talking about um, throughout my day in teaching. And firstly, for me, it's something I've become a lot more aware about of recent. It's kind of them speaking to other educators, um, I'm quite isolated here, you know, in Wales. Um, it's not a, a massively diverse school that I work in, so I've had to find some inspiration from outside, and I've, and I've been able to do that thanks to technology, thanks to these groups like the Microsoft Innovate Educator Program, and being able to meet, you know, some you know incredible people like yourself, who you know, who, who are really at the top of their game in terms of sort of diversity and inclusion. And what I like to do is, it's easy for me in sports because if I wouldn't have any role models I, I would refer to. I, I, I you know, make sure I'm using the worst um, set of role models that people can relate to or people maybe have another opportunity to think about. Um, I like to create, uh, when I'm doing my, I haven't got my own classroom, but I do have a, a wall allocated to me in one classroom. Um, I make sure that I, I make that wall as inclusive as possible. And we've got people from different backgrounds. We have um, also Lots of, we use, um, I forgot the word now. It's okay. <laughs> <laughs> QR codes. Oh, yes. We have QR codes on the wall where people can scan in and find out information. And, and I, I tend to, me myself being um, you know, mixed black and white African, I tend to try and make sure that I give the students the opportunity to find out this information from different people and to experience the, the school I'm teaching is predominantly white. But I, I want to make sure that they experience not just, um, you know, successes from white people, but also successes from other people, um, and that, you know, make them aware of that, basically. I think it's a very important role of mine. And I, I do find that uh, certainly very easy when I'm delivering my 
PE lessons because there's you know there's many role models to, to talk upon. But I do find that very difficult. Um, let's say in a computer science lesson, um, I find it, there's, there's not a there's not a lot. Maybe there is a lot out there, but it's difficult to find that information um, to make that more inclusive. So I, that's something I'm working. on. I know that you you've been working on something like that yourself. So I'm I'm really excited to see the outcome of that and how I can start then embedding that into my own teaching practice. Thank you, Koja. Yes, it's a subject that's near and dear to my heart. But role yeah. models are very important, inspirational people also. So thank you very much for that. Okay, it's been really, really interesting to hear your journey and your experiences. Are you now ready to play our quick fire round? Quick fire, let's go. Okay, so I will ask you a few questions in one word answers. We'll have a quick fire round to find out just a bit more about you. So, what's your most treasured classroom possession? Oh, my, my Surface Pro, easily. Okay, all right. Um, your favorite app? Favorite app at the moment is Wakelet. And what does Wakelet do? Wakelet is like a content curation app. You can put videos, um, text, the links, hyperlinks, and bring it all together and make it look beautiful uh, for the pupils to be able to engage with. Okay, right, okay, that's a bit more one word, but we needed that explanation. Your favorite computing or tech movie? Ooh, favorite computing or tech movie? Or maybe. I'm going to go back to an older one, The Matrix. It's not really computer, but it's, it's certainly. Um, out there in terms of technology, I think the Matrix. Okay, all right. Um, your favorite track? Uh, give us two favorite tracks here. Soundtrack. Music tracks? Music tracks, yes. Oh, no, yeah, I'd like so. My favorite song of all time is actually a song called Fronted by Pharrell Williams. Ah. <laughs> I'll have That's my favorite song. And I also like um, Al Green, Let's Stay Together. Okay, good stuff, good stuff. I haven't heard the Pharrell Williams song, but I've heard the Al Green song. Okay. Uh, if you could invent something to make your work better, what would it be? Oh, that's easy. A teleportation machine. Ah, is there a particular yeah. uh, era that you'd like to visit past present? No, it's not that I want to go to a different time. It's just I would like to be able to transport myself to places in a in an instance, uh -huh. like just to allow me then more time to prepare, you know, because I, 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 I think I know it's a one word answer, thing, but I'll give you a bit of background to that. Uh, my, my teaching day involves me, I teach in like, I think 15 different rooms in the school, and it, 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 it can really become difficult, you know, being prepared and being, you know, being on time, you know, when you have to move from one lesson to the other. So, a little teleportation machine to get me there on time, get me there, give me time to prepare, that would surely have a positive benefit on my. Uh, ability to deliver the lesson um, <laughs> also even you know the drive through it takes me 45 minutes to get to work if i could just teleport home at the end of the day i would be a much happier man <laughs> okay i'll remember you the next time i see an article on teleportation yeah that was a bit out there no. <laughs> <laughs> what's your favorite day of the week and why the week why well, i'm gonna have to go with the weekend day i'm gonna have to say saturday um, saturday mornings I always start with, um, I do a, a basketball class with uh, two to four-year-olds. And it's just, you know, um, after, you know, the, the rush of the week, the school, the, the school working week, it's some, something that I can just, you know, really switch off and really enjoy, you know, the sort of innocence of this age group, you know, they, none of them listen to me. 
whatsoever. <laughs> <laughs> As you can imagine, being two, to, being age of two to four, but they, they just just the innocence of it all, and just um, you know, it's a great way to start the day on the weekend. Then I got the rest of the day on a Saturday normally now to spend with my family and just to do perhaps a bit of business work. So I do like I do like a Saturday. I, I like the slower pace on a Saturday. So I'm so busy throughout the week. Excellent. That is so refreshing to hear. I thought you'd say the weekend. Uh, uh, just one more. and Let's do this in 30 seconds. What's the best bit of advice you've ever been given? Oh, best bit of advice I've ever been given? Okay. I'll, I'll give it quickly context. Because I work with so many people and, you know, you can't please everybody. That's what I was told before. You can't please everybody. I was once told that if you can please 80% of the people that you, you work with or meet or are involved with, then you're doing a good job. There's always going to be that 20%. You're not going to be pleased, but 80% is, is the number to go for. I think that's the best advice, you know, and, and certainly working in a situation where you meet so many different people, you influence so many different people, you're not going to be able to to, to please everyone and, you, and you, you shouldn't get yourself down about that. But I think that's probably the best bit of advice I've ever received. Thank you very much. Kojo, that brings us to the end of our interview today. It's been really fun to hear from you. Um, to, well, our viewers can't see, but we're smiling across a video link. Uh, it's, that's been really fun. And to hear your stories. I do hope that our listeners will join us again for another Cows Inspire story. And once again, thank you very much. Oh, thank you, for, thank you, Beverly. Thanks for having me. You're most welcome.